Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Making Room, the podcast, where we consider a different approach to unpacking motherhood by looking back on how what's gone before shapes the present and the future the impact of experiences you've had before birth on your feelings around becoming a mother today. I'm Illy Morrison. And I'm Holly Cruz. In this episode, we're going to discuss decision making. Do you find it hard to make decisions? Do you prefer to pass that responsibility on to someone else? Or are you confident to make decisions that are right for you and your baby? What influences the decisions we make around pregnancy, birth and parenting? And what impact might those influences have on the decisions we make? So before we get into it, how are you, Holly? Um, I'm well. I'm good. I um, We're recording this on the day the kids have gone back to school. So oh. I'm, I'm fantastic, actually. I feel like that was necessary. <laughs> like a bit of a sound, you know? Yeah, I think we should have a sound effect in there of halos <laughs> and singing angels. Um, no, I'm good. I feel, it feels like a step forward that the kids have gone back to school, you know? It feels like one step closer to some kind of normality again which feels good um how are you yeah I'm good actually um naffles changed for me today I've still got a toddler at home (laughs) um (laughs) but at the same time um you know it's funny everything spring does that everything suddenly feels a little bit brighter and just knowing that there are lots of parents out there who are feeling maybe a bit apprehensive but also like a like a bit of a weight's been lifted definitely has a way to make me feel better um and you know I live opposite a school and literally hearing all of the noise and (laughs) the like normality it's really annoying at nap time but really nice (laughs) otherwise and um I was saying on on Instagram earlier that I saw two mums cross each other and they literally did a dance and I thought that's so good amazing like yeah I would definitely be dancing too hun but no um couldn't have just tried to like wangle us on into reception (laughs) Well, do you know, there's a hole in the fence and we yeah. have we have contemplated just being like, just climb through, climb through. Climb she's really through. advanced. She is quite small, but she's very She smart. belongs here. So, yeah, um, it's all right. I mean, you know, actually, this is a really good topic this week for something that I think is very relevant when it comes to um, the current situation between um, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and all of the drama yeah. that's happening there and decision making. It's just like it ties in beautifully. It does, doesn't it? You know, we were, we were talking about whether or not to discuss this. And I was thinking, you know, how relevant is it to decision making? But it is a beautiful 
you know, it has a beautiful relevance to it because we can think about it in terms of how we make decisions impacts how we perceive information, how we form opinions, how we we're so led in so many areas of our lives um, in quite a subconscious way, you know, based on what we're consuming. And, you know, obviously, by the time this is going out, the Meghan and Harry interview will be a couple of weeks old. But it is very, this weekend has been very interesting to me, how, how many people have got an opinion on it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, also- what they, and what those opinions are formed on? What are they based on? Because how many of the people with these opinions actually know anyone involved? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but also, how does it affect their lives? Like, yeah. I really, I find it, I, I'm, I find it really um, disconcerting the way that yeah. everyone wants to assert themselves into other people's lives, and it makes no difference to what happens to them. Yeah. Um, it's like a waste of our energy, which is just too precious to be putting into yeah. things that have no relevance to us. I but think it's actually, more of a distraction, though. Of course it is. It's all a distraction. And yeah. I think that's what we really need to pay attention to here. They, there's a lot of like big headlines and a lot of, um, you know, you're being fed little snippets of information that aren't really true or based on anything to get you really hyped up and to get yeah. you not looking left yeah. or right. Um, so that you're kind of just all focused on this thing and these yeah. two individuals that are basically doing whatever they want. Yeah. And it stops you from doing whatever you want because you're totally. just so caught up in it. Exactly like, that. I, I, I find the whole thing really weird. Like, yeah. I'm like, we're obsessed. You know, for example, Piers Morgan, under any other situation, circumstance, sorry, he, there would be a restraining order out on this guy. Mm. Like his obsession <laughs> with this woman, it's, a, yeah, it, is it is bordering on- It's sinister. It is so sinister. I, I find it very odd for a man who is basically butthurt from rejection. Yeah. Feels the need to tear this woman down yeah. continuously based on nothing. She's not done anything to him except say, you know what, hon, I'm not interested. Yeah. And under any other situation, people would be like, why is he acting like this because of rejection? And yeah. it's, see, it's funny to me that people's responses, they can't see how... In, it's like because she's a, a, a media person or she's in the limelight, it's okay that she gets treated like that. Yeah, there's a sense of entitlement. Best, yeah. If mm. their best friend was being harassed by a guy, yeah. they'd be like, you need to call the police. This is not right. Yeah. Da, 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 da. But in this situation, it's okay. Yeah, you it's like what she's asked for it. it. Yeah. Like she decided, see that decision making? Yeah. She decided yeah. that this is what she wanted and now she can take it all or nothing. And that's yeah. not how this works. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. And also that what is this world that we live in where Piers Morgan gets to have a public opinion on 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 anyone? <laughs> it's just so mad, isn't it? And it's and as you say, he's like a he's like an annoyed little child mm-hmm. who's who hasn't been able to get his own way. Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever I hear Piers Morgan speak, you know, I don't want this to be a Piers Morgan podcast, but um <laughs> I I feel like I hear a child talking, Mm. like an injured child, a child that's upset and hurt and rejected um, and is then trying to get attention. It's it's sad. I know. It is just that. It's like, 
God, this isn't empowering at all. It's yeah. just really miserable. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think for me, like I, I look at parenting and I promote the idea of setting boundaries continuously. Set your boundaries, whatever they are, what mm. you decide they are, is all that matters. It isn't for anyone else to tell you that they're, they're okay, they're right, they're wrong, they're yeah. whatever. It's your choice. And people think that celebrities don't have the right to set boundaries. Yeah. Like there's such a fear when people set a boundary in our real lives as well. And also in like the celeb world. Yeah. What do you mean they're not showing their kid? Well, like we, we're entitled to seeing their child. They can't yeah. set that boundary. They don't have a right to set a boundary. Well, they can't take that away from us. Yeah. It's like, and you know, even with Meghan Markle, when she brought up, when she announced her second pregnancy, mm. everyone was like, oh, so now you want the media. It's like, I've just chosen to share something yeah. the same way I chose to not share something. Mm. And my question is, why is it that when we set these boundaries, the same people that will be like, yeah, we, women should have boundaries and da, 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 da will be the ones that turn around and are upset that Meghan has set this boundary for herself or that Harry yeah. has set those boundaries around his family. It's it's so bizarre to me. I, yeah. I can't get on board with it. And and also, as a black woman, I really can't get on board with it because I know what underlies a lot of the critique. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and anyone that suggests, you know, when you hear people say, I just don't like her. I just don't like her. I've just got, I just get a bad feeling about her. It's like, <laughs> based on what? Mm-hmm. Based mm-hmm. on what? That's, that is, if that is an underlying systematic racism, I don't know what is because you don't know anything about her. Do you know what though? I find it's, I have, I've had this experience like in, in work. When I was a student, I had it as well. But then when I qualified as a midwife, I had it as well, where someone was like, I just don't like you. To you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's really interesting. Wow. I just don't care. Like, you know, but I found it so odd. In fact, she what she said to me, and I think that it's funny because people think that this is okay to do. Mm. Um, when I first met you, I didn't like you. <laughs> um, and now I think that you're okay. And I'm is like, it like a backhanded compliment. It's so bizarre to me because I'm like, oh, you didn't like me. Uh, but now you've got to know me. You, you decided do? that you did. I just couldn't put my finger on why I didn't like you. And she, she said oh, wow. that she realised um, that it was because I was a bit too confident. And I was like, wow. okie dokie. And if we look at what the kind of tropes that are used to describe black women and to belittle black women, they are the angry black woman, the yeah. confident black woman, the sexual black woman, you know, yeah. all of these negative things. So when you say you're too confident, it's like, and what, I don't have that right because what? Yeah. But it's just, yeah. it's it's microaggression everywhere, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And layer upon layer, but then disguised as a, as almost like a, well, yeah, like a compliment. Like, but like oh, she's now doing I like me a favour. Yeah, like, exactly. She's done me a favour, exactly. like, oh, well, actually. Um, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I you're okay. You've gone up in my estimation. Yeah. And I was like, if you could go further down in my estimation, that's where you would be. Yeah. I don't believe in not liking someone for no reason. Yeah. And when anyone comes to you and says, I just don't like them, but I don't know why. Yes. You should really question yes. w- what that person's motives are. And so when yeah. we come back to this bigger story, people are like, I don't like Megan because, because what? Yeah. 
But that just shows how diluted and passive our decision-making abilities have become. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel the Meghan and Harry thing really reflects, that we have actually lost the ability to make our own informed... Critical... Critical decisions, because we just take what is given to us and say it's our own. You know, it's, it's something... I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this, but it's something I see all the time in the pregnant community where people are making decisions based on what they assume or think or have heard is widely accepted. You know, the line I hear more than any other is, well, it's my first baby, so I'll have it in hospital. Yeah. That, I mean, it's just like, it's a line. And I'm like, you know, that's it's a real doubt line. Have you actually really thought about the risks and benefits of having your baby in hospital, in a midwife-led unit, in a, on a labour ward? Or do you know that a comfortable thing to say is, it's my first baby, so I'll have it in hospital? And that removes that pressure um, to do any further research or to trust your instinct, you know, like we were talking about last week, because that stuff takes work. So is it easier to let other people make decisions for you? Yeah, and I think as well, it's one one of our biggest things about making decisions is um, the public response or the like, you know, public as in your family or friends or whatever. And then in this whole Megan thing, the public. Yeah. When we when we choose to just make a decision that follows a status quo, because going against that means that we can open ourselves up to criticism and open ourselves up to attacks on ourselves and on our families yeah and there's such an an embedded fear in that and 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 you know on a much smaller scale for us like when you say to someone well actually I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have a home birth for my first baby and you brace yourself you know you're like I know that no one's gonna agree with me and Mm. all of that influences our decision making because also not only that what that does is it makes us out to be risky people, <laughs> you know, like, oh. Well, irresponsible oh, people. Irresponsible people, <clears throat> exactly. And that doesn't sit well with anyone. So you go into this labour ready to fight, ready to be like proving something and showing that you aren't you aren't irresponsible, that anyone that tries to say anything, you're, you're like ready, or you go into it sort <clears throat> of half-heartedly. I, I, I'd like a home birth, but, you know, I'm open to going into the hospital or, yeah. you, you, you know. Like non-committal, like, actually. Non-committal, totally yeah. non-committal, because it's like, well, I don't, I don't really want to be, I don't want to hear responses or I don't want to, seem dangerous or silly or and I don't want to be rejected by my community I don't want to be rejected by my peers I don't want to be seen as an other an outsider someone that is reckless you know we don't naturally want to be seen as those things but we do live in a society whereby if we do make decisions that are not considered normal or common we very quickly become othered in that way yeah and I think you know especially for me as a black woman a black British woman it's so easy because it's all intersectional isn't it I Mm. I mean I'm othered for many other reasons and it's like you just add more and more layers to it like you know it, it becomes difficult to make decisions and you have to be very headstrong and very determined and very mm. sure of yourself to be like going up against these things because of how 
layered it is and because of what people's responses would be um and that's you almost have to have your answer before you're questioned yeah exactly like so i go into so many situations just ready yeah. I go into them ready. And that's not nice. I'd, I'd no. like to just be able to chill and be like, and to yeah, be relaxed. fine. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. just live my best life. Whereas, yeah, not have to defend yourself. Exactly. Whereas it just feels like constantly having to be, explain why I'm here, explain yeah. why I have the kind of job that I do or how I, you know, I get questioned quite a lot. And some people I know it comes from like places of like genuine curiosity and others it comes from like, other places mm. um yeah how how did you like grow your instagram like <laughs> how did you get that many followers <laughs> i don't know i was just myself yeah someone said to me did you buy followers <laughs> i was oh, like wow no do people still do that <laughs> like do you think that i am not enough yeah to have so the only reasonable explanation exactly. would be that you paid for <laughs> that them. I must have paid for them. Like, mm. I'm just like, no, I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I find it bizarre. And these questions are layered. There is yeah. a lot that underlies that type of questioning, mm. you know, in the same way. But people don't really want to be challenged on that, do they? No, no. In the same way that they don't want to be challenged on where their opinions of Meghan Markle come from. And I think that is why the decision making and opinion forming gets so lazy. Because actually, for many people, if you tell me you just don't like Meghan and like based on nothing, um, and then I push you and say, but why? Like, where are you getting your information from? You what say the has- Daily Mail. <laughs> yeah, you say the Daily Mail, but you but you form this opinion based on things you've read from one type of media yep. source. You know, for you to actually backtrack on that and it's going to be uncomfortable, isn't it? Yep. It's going to be like, oh, oh, OK, I've leaned into something there that I wasn't massively conscious of, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make me feel good about myself. You know, and that's difficult for people because we're not encouraged to go to uncomfortable places of thought. Mm. And in order, you know, I think that ties in so much to how we make decisions and and how we strengthen our ability to make decisions because we have to be willing to feel uncomfortable and to really hold ourselves accountable for our thought processes Mm -hmm. and our sense of autonomy and our sense of... um, how we feel when we get things wrong. Yep. And I think it's just important that we don't, I mean, you know, in terms of even like racism or whatever, we we are scared to be seen as being racist. Yeah. Um, than actually being, we're more scared of being seen as being racist than actually being racist. Yes. Right. So when people try and say, um, you know, your issue with Megan is basically her proximity to blackness. Yeah. And the fact that she wasn't right. It's not it's not her right to be close to the monarchy. Mm. And how has she managed to do that? Blah, 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 blah. Um, her mum is this and this, that and the other. All of this stuff. And when you ask people, so like you said, you know, what's your problem with her? And they're like, mm. <laughs> oh, can't I put just, my finger on it. <laughs> can't put my finger on it. Like, is, she, is it because she's black? What? No, she's not no. even black. 
yeah. she's not even black <laughs> like you know well, i know i know lots of black people <laughs> lots of black people and you know the, the thing is there was um it was funny i'm going off on one a little bit here but it's i think it's um interesting this um there was an interview where someone basically said you lot's problem with Meghan markle is that she's black and this guy was like do you see a black woman i don't see a black woman I see a very attractive white woman, blah, 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 like this, right? And I was like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean very attractive? Do you see a black woman? No, I see a very attractive. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> as, opposed no to, as, <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to a black woman. <laughs> exactly. And I was just oh. like, you're all, you're all batshit. Like, <laughs> That is the only way to describe it. Yeah, and the it inability really it really to like is. see within themselves. And that's what we need to be doing all the time. Yeah. Reflecting, checking in, yeah. where is this coming from? Yeah. As like where are my choices coming from? Where are my beliefs coming from? Where's my understanding coming from? What underlies that? And because where do I naturally turn for information? Yeah. Yeah. What are my sources of information? And I think that is a really important question to ask ourselves because that will impact, have a huge impact on how we make decisions. Um, and also actually getting comfortable with the idea that sometimes our decisions will lead to satisfaction and sometimes our decisions will lead to regret. Yeah. It's not always going to go the same way. But also like when we... I think when I think about decision making and I do a lot of stuff around decision making with my birth debriefs mm. and when we make decisions, we only make decisions with the information that has been provided to us yeah, at that from, time, at that time, mm. or that we have sought out and we recognize or that we think is is sound. Right. That's that's yeah. how we are making our choices. So it goes back to what you're saying. Well, where is that? Yeah. Where is that? Because if that's what you've got based it on, then you should be happy with that and you should be able to back it up. Yeah. There shouldn't be fear that underlies then vocalising where you made your decision from, like mm. where you got your decision making tools from or whatever. Like, I I think when it comes to being a professional and I, I facilitate people to make their own choices, when especially when I was working clinically and make decisions, it's really important that when we give information it's impartial and that is a very yeah. difficult thing to do more and more so when we are wrapped up in bureaucracy and yeah. our opinions and our own well, experiences it goes back to the idea of that you know how that happens in institutions like mm -hmm. we talked about last week you know exactly. that's that's difficult isn't it yeah it's really hard but you have to you have to step away yeah and be like who am i here to benefit what is the information and is it what's it backed up what's it backed by yeah you know and is what, it rounded yeah you know something i found myself doing certainly in the last year during this pandemic because i think anyone listening will agree that the the conflict of information that we've been bombarded with and how frequently the narrative has changed it blows my mind it's like oh hang on what's what what's the advice this week you know it's nuts how inconsistent it is so what I found myself doing is when I read something mainstream I almost go and seek out what the opposite opinion is mm -hmm. and then try and work inwards from both of those places because actually you do find that 
you get easily manipulated, don't you? Yep. By information sources. And it's like, who has this research been funded by? Mm-hmm. And has research been equally funded across the board of opinion? No. <laughs> no. Or equally represented. Or equally, yeah, even represented. But I mean, you know, funded and represented is the same thing when it comes to research, really, isn't okay. it? Okay, fine. Um, but it's... But, it, but I think... I mean, for me, I am used to looking at research. I read a lot of research and I find it overwhelming. Hmm. So what the average person that doesn't really research things thinks is beyond me. It's so overwhelming. I've spent, even now, the mainstream media and news and stuff, I actually had to turn notifications off my phone. I was just Mm. like, because I found myself coming out with things that just were so far from who I am. Mm. And especially in like this, this pandemic has brought out a vulnerability in a lot of us that we didn't know was there. And we are very easily influenced and our choices are very easily manipulated through fear. Yeah. And we're only fed so much information and things like that. And, and, and I think as well, the, the big, one of the biggest issues I got with the whole thing is questioning anything makes you a wild conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's tiresome. It's so tiresome. tiresome. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm, what are you talking about? Like, I'm just asking, you know, like it's not, I'm not saying I'm not opening a cup. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm not not binary. Exactly. And this is the thing. Everyone's like, you're either with it or you're against it. And it's like, I'm, I'm neither. I'm asking yeah. a question so that I can make an informed decision. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at this on the scale of the pandemic, but actually this is in childbirth from for, for generations, yes. you know, for centuries or whatever. Yes. Like we are trying to, when people start to question things, especially like from, from my angle as a, when I, when I was a clinical midwife, mm. that defensiveness comes up. Well, yeah. well, what do you mean? When someone asks about induction. It feels like an attack. Yeah. Well, if I get induced, does this mean that I um, won't have very good care because my friend didn't have good care or whatever? And, and then they, you know, your back gets up, you get your back up and you're like, what, 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 uh, well, you know, that defensiveness that yeah. comes with it. And then and it's clearing. Like, yeah. And there is so much of that. Like anyone who's trying to question something or just want to know more yeah. from sources that aren't the ones that we have at our fingertips. Yeah. Is that... Mm-mm-mm. no 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 you little sneaky you yeah. better just get back in the box yeah, and do as you're told the, yeah get in the box <laughs> i found that massively when i was pregnant with cosmo and went to my um, nhs booking appointment and the midwife said the first time i'd met this the, the midwife i was being looked after by and she said um so you're having your baby here this is in hospital i said no i'm gonna have home birth and she said well you, you can't have home birth <laughs> Because you've you had a cesarean before, I was like, "Well, I I can have my own birth, and I'm that's what I'm planning." And she was just immediately so chippy with me, as if to say, "Like, who are you to come in here and assert yourself?" It's like you know, I am involved. And then she said, um, "Well, if that's really the route you're going to go down, you can put your request to a birth choices board, and they'll decide for you." It's like. <laughs> Sorry, they're going to decide who's coming in and out of my vagina and where that's going to happen. (laughs) No, I'm involved in this decision-making process. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to do as I'm told based on what you decide is best for me, having never met me before. It's just wild. But that was me going in as a birth educator and someone with 
a lot of research to back up my decisions. The average person, you know, the amount of women I teach who just say, um, well, I've been told I can't have a home birth or I can't, I can't go to the midwife led. I'm not allowed. Yeah, I'm not allowed. They won't let me. They won't let me. Mm. Mm. Oh, man, that language. It just, every time it just gets me. I'm like, well, you can. You it's, it's down to it's you, okay. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get put in prison, are you? It's, But, but I, I genuinely don't think women realise that they can say no. A lot of the time, especially in the birthing sphere, I, I genuinely don't believe women know they can say no. But do you know what? Legally, like this is an example of, of what we know and what we don't. Yeah. Legally, you do not have to have someone at your birth, right? Yeah. It is not illegal to free birth. Yeah. Now. And in lots of part of the wo- parts of the world, it's, it's common. Exactly. But do we know that? Do we know that? We're so scared. Yeah. And the ones who choose to free birth are, the, are radicals. And, and yeah. you know, they all, they're all just like anti-system vegans yeah. and they, they yeah. hug trees and stuff. Like we just, it's like, no, they're just making decisions for themselves. Yeah. And not breaking any laws, you. not damaging anyone. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and it's it's that it's that we're like anyone who steps away from like the kind of line that is decision making is is kind of like um, categorized and harshly. And the thing is, nothing about pregnancy, birth and parenting is linear. Yeah, that's exactly the word I was just thinking. Yeah. You know, none of it is linear. And so our decision making isn't linear. It's not just yes or no. Yeah. You know, it's 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 actually when we want to make decisions, we should be like, well, what are the benefits? What are the risks? What's what's the alternative? Yeah. What's my instinct saying? And what happens if I do nothing? Yeah. And also it should end with what happens if we wait? Yeah. And what is relevant to now? Mm-hmm. You know, because every every pregnancy is different. Every birth is different. Every child is different. Every mother's different. And to imagine that there is this one size fits all right decision for us to make is bananas. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, it's just. But also we, I think we feel very protective over our decisions and we feel like we have to defend them because we. Do you think it's fair to say our decisions feel like a reflection of our worth and um like ability yeah because i feel like we're judged on the decisions we make and so then it's like right heels in (laughs) i'm Mm -hmm. going to defend this till i'm blue in the face and i have to like almost prove a point rather than just saying oh i made that decision looking back in hindsight that probably wasn't the best decision to have made but that's okay Mm. i'm not going to beat myself up for it i'm not gonna i just might do something differently next time um, you know, we're having conversations at the moment about school and um, we were in quite an interesting situation in that I've got my son, Oscar, and then I've got a stepson who's a year, a school year older and he's in private school. Oscar's in a London state school and we're going to send Cosmo to a Steiner school. So, I mean, we're basically running a massive social experiment. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I've had a few people, you know, I don't talk about it to a lot of people, but I've had a few people say, well, um, is that fair on Oscar? 
Or like, do you not feel like that's unfair on him that you're doing something different for his brother? And it's like, but his Cosmo is a, a different child. Mm-hmm. My what I have learned about the system is very different now, having had a child in the system for that many years, as opposed to being a first time parent who had no idea about our education system really. Um, and so, I'm I'm going to make a different decision because I feel differently about things now. Now, that is not a rejection on any of those types of education. It's just taking a new step into a new decision mm-hmm. and basing that on what feels right for my child and my family in this moment of time. Yeah. And actually, it's not really for anyone else to have an opinion on. But I think the thing about this is, right, a lot of people feel one when so okay so as a person who's listening yeah when you talk about it people feel that that's an invitation for an opinion and so when we listen and this is when i when i I speak a lot about actually listening and actually hearing so many people have already responded before even hearing what you've said and usually the way that you're having that conversation will show them whether or not you are looking for their opinions or mm. their thoughts, or whether you're just wanting to say something. Mm. But we don't take the time. I can hear. tell you something. We don't take the time We don't to take hear, the time to hear, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I can take the time and I can say, I could, I could talk to you about something. And you, as someone who knows how to listen, might say, hmm, well, here's my opinion on this. Yeah. Or... Or would you like like, my opinion on that? (laughs) Would you like my opinion on it? Or I hear you. I hear you. I might want you to just hear me. Yeah. So when it comes to decisions around birth, and this is, I I say this as people who support birth, support birthing people. And I'm sure that there are many of you who do have friends and, you know, other mothers and stuff like that. Don't be quick to give your opinion on something because that's based Mm -hmm. on your own experience and your own belief. And biases. And biases, exactly. But hear what that person is saying to you. And if you want to, you can ask them, do you want to know what I think? Let them tell you. We don't do that. Everyone just thinks that their opinion matters and that their opinion will be the one, like they'll say something to this person because that person hasn't thought of it from that perspective. Yeah. And it's like, maybe they have and still made the decision that they've made anyway. But we're just so quick to want to put our opinions on other people and our judgments on other people without permission. Yeah. Like it means nothing. And it's, you know, the impact of that can be bigger. Like you can say this, Holly, because you're very confident in your choices, but someone else might then go home and feel guilt ridden because, oh my gosh, maybe I am being unfair. And oh my gosh, you know, we we, it's just about having that consciousness and just recognising that sometimes you don't need to give an opinion. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I feel like we're talking about a lot about opinion and actually it makes you realize how closely linked opinions and decision making mm. are doesn't it because i do think the way we make decisions is hugely influenced by other people's opinions yeah and what we then think other people will think of us how they will regard us if they will respect us or value us and the decisions we've made um and i think maybe a lot of our decisions are based on an easy life yeah and just knowing it's more comfortable and relaxed to just comply and um yeah it's you know i think when you're pregnant as well you don't really want to fight i re- i really remember feeling um when i was pregnant with cosmo like i don't want to fight people i don't want to argue i don't want to have to shout to get my point across i just want to be supported in what i feel is right for me and my baby mm. Um, which is a privilege in itself, I appreciate. But it is, I think it is definitely heightened when you're pregnant. Yeah. I also think that mothers are categorised, you know, and and it's binary. It really is so binary. It's like, if you are like this kind of mum, then you do this. And if you are this kind of mum, then you do that. And it's like you said before, what choice you make and the decisions that you make are a reflection of the type of mum you are. Yeah. And, and whether people want to hang out with you or like, into. yeah, exactly so who true. your mates will be. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you could either be with the yummy mummies or you could be with like the sporty mummies or you could be with the home birth mums or yeah. you could be with, you could be with the section, elective section mums. And yeah. everything is so like, that's your category. That's where you go. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're saying, Oh, I'm sending my child to Steiner. Oh, you're one of them. Yeah. Are you, are you one of those mums, you know, like this? It's like, oh, no, I just, I'm not one yeah. of any mum. I'm just making a decision. Yeah. Like I'm literally just making the choice right now that yeah. I feel is the most appropriate. And that's interesting, actually, isn't it? Because I've, I've felt a sense of that throughout my whole life in that when I was at school, I remember being at secondary school and kind of being able to move through different groups of people quite easily Mm. I never had like a crew like it wasn't like oh I was one of those girls I kind of had lots of I I could kind of just get on in whichever group I was in Mm. and could kind of hold my own and um be like listen I guess and contribute without feeling like I had to pick yeah and I really have felt a strong sense of that my whole life, or certainly from becoming a teenager. And that has that has definitely impacted the kind of work I do. 
I definitely do feel like I've wanted to immerse myself with lots of people doing lots of things. I think that's why working in the birth world is is so appealing to me because everybody's journey is unique. You almost feel like even though you're teaching them the same kind of tools, mm-hmm. you're on a unique journey with them. Yeah. It isn't one size fits all. And I love that. It excites me. Um yeah, it's funny that you say that. I'm I'm very similar. Like I could, I'm not committed to anything. I'm not mm. committed to any movement. I'm not committed to any group of people. Yeah. Like I am just, oh, if I can, if I like what you're saying here, then cool, I'll hang out yeah. for a bit. And then I'll go see those people over there. And, you know, uh, like, I think it's, because I think that, and that's how I mother. I mother in that same yeah. way. I make the choices based on that, like whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Like if I saw someone else doing something, I'm like, oh, I like that. Why not? Yeah. Give it a go. Give it a try. Let's see how that pans out. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm not like, you know, and I also just don't share a lot of the things that I do in the yes. moment that I'm doing them. Yes. You know, I think, and that's what we, it's like we don't test if something works before sharing that we're doing it. Yeah. Or that we've done. Without the need to justify, because when you're just doing exactly. it behind the scenes, actually, you don't need to justify and present what you're doing no. for everyone's judgment, because it doesn't matter, because it doesn't affect anyone else. Mm-hmm. But I do think um, a lot of the, you know, certainly like public parenting or like parenting on social media, it does feel like you've got to kind of commit to which way you're going, mm-hmm. then show up and document it and justify it. Yeah. And justify ever straying from it. Yeah. I did this, um, but only because um, this, 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 and this, and this, 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 and this. And, um, you know, I still will only ever do this, 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 and this. But this one time I had to do this, 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 this. You know, like, it's like, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Like, you know, we aren't, like, chained to one way of thinking and one way of doing But I think a lot of people feel like they are. 100%. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's what we're here to do, to kind of, like, say, no, you're not. But it is so normal to feel that you are. Yes. Yeah. And it's not, it's that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not bad. It's not lack of, I don't think it's lack of effort on people's part. I think it's just, um, I think it's natural because of the society we live in to become that way and to not really ever realise that, there's a different way you know I've certainly felt throughout my life I've I've had real periods of feeling rejected because of the way I make decisions or because of the way I change direction or um consider things and I'm I'm okay with that but I can understand it took me a while to get be to become okay with that. Do you know what mm. I mean? Mm. It's because feeling rejected or feeling, you know, ridiculed or I don't know, it's it's uncomfortable. You don't want to feel like that. It's it's not something we're taught to sit with. So I think feeling like an outsider or an outcast is um, you have to realize that you can survive it. Mm. Do you know? You know? Yeah. Um, and and it, I think that applies a lot scary. to parenting. It, yeah. It but it's really isolating. It feels really scary because it's like, well, what if I'm just left on my own and I've mm-hmm. got it wrong? I'd be like a Billy No Maze. Well, I have to explain to everyone. I have to have my tail yeah. between my legs. So, yeah, tail between you know, the legs. It's, yeah, it's like, sorry, guys. I'm sorry for straying. Yeah, I, I know that to. you all knew that I would be wrong and I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. actually it's like... That's the fear, isn't it? It's the fear. Yeah, I, it's the yeah. fear of making our decisions because yeah. if we're wrong, 
then it's like we have to explain them. And and, yeah. and you and I were speaking about this when I, when I spoke to you on the phone the other day about that kind of looking back on experiences and looking yeah. back on choices and how they and sharing them once they're done. Yeah. You know, and what showing how it was a learning, a yeah, learning exactly. opportunity yeah. rather than being like in that moment. Oh, yeah, this is what we're doing. Da, 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 da. And, and then it just feels like suddenly you have to explain everything. Mm. Whereas like once it's done <laughs> and you can't change it. Yeah. It's like, well, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, I made a choice. I did what I wanted to do. And I, I feel like that's what this pandemic has really done for so many parents is it has allowed them to parent privately. Yes. Allowed them to parent without oh, being me goosebumps, under, that. <laughs> You're under so the right, gaze though. of yeah. like public. Yeah. But it's sometimes opinion. imagined, you know, it's imagined yeah. because there's so much out there that we yeah. just think that everyone's watching us. For me, as a new mum, particularly, I just felt like everyone was waiting for me to fail, waiting for slip ups. I was defensive yeah. and just like, no, I'm, I'm not getting it wrong. Da, 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 da. Don't tell me what to do. And, yeah. you know, and going to like mum groups and people being like, oh, well, my baby sleeps 12 hours. Oh, well, my yeah. baby eats all his, eats free meals. Oh, da, da, da. And I'm like, my kid like chews on the same piece of pasta for 20 minutes and then like spits it out like you know that that whole feeling of being overwhelmed by comparison and yeah. judgment and like that kind of watchful eye yeah is, and how, is a lot and yeah, so it really is you know really the, pandem is. the pandemic has meant that we as parents have been able to carve out our own paths and make our own mistakes without yeah. spectators um Without which the weight of that. Yeah, which is negative. Yeah. You know, I suppose in some ways it can be quite sad. It can feel like, oh, I would have wanted to show people. I would have wanted the help. I would have wanted the opinions. Yeah. But, you know, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's, totally. You know. And I wonder how many people have actually been empowered without realising it. Exactly. I wonder how differently um, this this kind of wave of children will be raised or how subconsciously that will be influenced by having their first year of life behind closed doors and just us parenting much more intuitively and less Organically. for and less performatively. Mm. And we don't realise it. This is a thing. This is not us being like everyone's performing. We just don't realise. Yeah. We don't oh, realise subconscious. It's, it's totally subconscious. Yeah. Like that we are yeah. doing things with this fear. We're making choices with this kind of like, oh, I better just say the right thing or do the yeah. right thing. And, yeah. you know, it's it's now it's just like you just responded how you wanted to. Yeah. And you just made the mistakes and apologised yeah. to your kid and, you know, felt bad maybe and whatever, but you just did it. And, and you, you survived it. You survived it. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever that means. There and it's, might and be... it's informed how you're learning and growing. Yeah. And I, I hope that for many, it has shown them their own ability as parents, yeah. because that is what we question over and over again when we make choices from where we give birth to how we feed to where we go and things like that. It's, it's like, oh, oh yeah. God, is it the right one? Da, da, da. But actually, yeah. it's like you did it. Yeah. And what, what really happened? Do you know what? Years ago, I was seeing a counsellor who was amazing she was amazing she changed my life and um the the question i took away most that she always used to ask me to reflect on was what is the fear hmm. what's the fear and it is such a youthful question to ask yourself when you are leaning towards certain things or trying to make a decision 
to work out whether you are coming to this from your own heart or whether it's performative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just what is influencing your decision making and your ability to make decisions. Like, what am I scared of here? Am I scared of publicly getting something wrong? Am I scared of being held to account? Am I scared of being embarrassed? Am I scared of hurting my child? Like, what am I actually scared of? What is the fear that is holding me back from standing up in this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and putting my two feet in the ground and saying, this is what I'm doing? Um, And I just, I wonder for our listeners if that's a useful question because I've certainly found it incredibly useful over the last 10 years. What is the fear? Yeah, exactly. And also, what... So what is the fear is a brilliant one, but also what will happen? Like, yeah. what? what's the consequence? Yeah. And sometimes it feels big in our heads. And then when we speak it out loud, we're like, oh. Yeah. We're not a big deal. We're yeah. Not a big deal. Like, you know, and we should try and do that more asking ourselves the questions yeah that perhaps we when we go to an appointment and we're like just tell me what could happen yeah well like actually have or... asked yourself first what you're scared of yeah and then that question can be answered can't it and it's useful yeah yeah well you, if your if your fear is dying am i going to die <laughs> yeah what's the risk of me dying because that's yeah. what i'm scared of and that will yeah. help me to make this decision yeah absolutely you can go in armed because yeah. you know yourself you know what you want you know what you're scared of you know what matters to you yeah and then what you want is for the people that are supposed to be facilitating your decision making to help you get that yeah understand that you know so when it comes to your birth preferences and it comes to mode of birth or place of birth and things like that well what is it that you're worried about can this place help you with that yeah i'm not sure that's how it unfortunately always plays out though no in terms of how that but wouldn't it be wonderful it would be (laughs) really wonderful but i also think it was facilitated i do think that we have to approach it like that though yeah totally because I think if we go into it the other way, we let things happen that perhaps yeah. we wouldn't have wanted to. And we haven't had a say at all. Exactly. Yeah, and so part right. of being centred in your experience is being like, I made these choices. I know what I wanted. Things may not have gone that way, but I asserted my needs and I asserted, I asserted my wishes. Yeah. That is really important when we go into birth and, you know. Yeah. And I, th- really. and I think when once we've asserted that during our pregnancy and for our birth choices... I do feel like that has the power to have a huge impact on the way we parent Mm -hmm. because we've realised that it is um, a very nourishing, healing way to make decisions and to form our kind of choices. And that can only be a good thing in parenting because otherwise I think a lot of us get to parenting, you know, we've done all this preparation for our birth and, and throughout our pregnancy and we end up holding this baby And we haven't really thought about parenting, you know, so we're either going to just do what our parents did because, well, we're all right. So we'll just do that because that's, you know, what we've learnt or we're going to rebel and do the absolute opposite, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because it's like, well, I'm going to reject all of that because, you know, I, I don't agree with it. Or we're affected by the people we're raising our children with. So whether that's our partner or in peer groups or um, or in the way that the media tells us is the most successful, effective way of doing it, i.e. 
you just need to get them to sleep through the night. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Um, so by activating our ability to make decisions during pregnancy and birth, of course we're going to be better equipped to do that as parents. Yeah. And I think we do need to be very mindful that when we don't do that, toxic behaviour patterns can happen very quickly and we're not really sure where they've come from or what they are, but we know something's not quite right. But then because because they haven't been conscious decisions or conscious acts, it's almost hard to unpick them, isn't it? Mm. You're like, why am I doing that? Why am I projecting that onto my child? Why am I, you know, how do I get out of this? But it's almost, it's too much then. It's, it's huge. And it's it's, huge. there's no going back. And it kind of is like, mm. it then gets sort of like those feelings of regret and stuff like yeah. that, which we'll be yeah. talking about next week. But, you know, I think, I think it's, it's when it, yeah, it's big. It's big. Our decision making, our inf- influences our decision making. Yeah. And as particularly as parents and how we were parented, yeah. um, straying from that. And yeah. trying to do things differently and upsetting people. Mm. Um, those sort of fears that we have when it comes to things like that, you know, yeah. all of it is, um, it can be very conflicting and it can be quite a challenging thing to do. Yeah. But the thing is, when on this podcast and, and I think in our lives, we aren't here to tell you to do the things that are easy. A lot of what we're saying to do and that we have it, we're having to do ourselves are not easy things. They're not easy mm. things to confront. They're not easy things to overcome or to take on. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're not worth it. That doesn't yeah. mean that we shouldn't try because yeah. ultimately what we want is to be the best versions of ourselves and yeah. the best mothers, whatever that looks like yeah. to our well, children. Yeah, just the most authentic, like to be not, to not have those feelings of comparison or, yeah. you know, to just think, to just be in where you are happy with who you are and happy and just can yeah not even like not like ecstatically happy all the time yeah. but just at the sense of contentment and I certainly feel a shift in that between my first and second children um where I feel so much more content and comfortable with the mother I am with Cosmo than I did with Oscar hmm. because I did remove a lot of um you know those the conflict that yeah. you've just said for me I felt very like throughout my whole life like I don't not happy with who I am. I've got I've got lots of siblings and three very beautiful sisters and I've compared myself my whole life to them and how they were better, they were thinner, they were smarter and all of these things. And it's only through becoming a parent, not just becoming a parent, because that was rocky in itself, but becoming confident in my decisions as a parent that I am content with who I am as an individual. Mm. You know, I'm like, actually... I'm not stupid. <laughs> like, actually, yeah. I am fully capable. Like, I, this is now my responsibility to raise this kid and it's just falling on me. And I, I look so at So becoming a parent has be- made you more confident in yourself. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It's taken, It's and I, ha- I still have many moments of doubt, like mm. many moments of like, <laughs> oh shit. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, overall, I'm like, no, nah, but I'm, I'm okay with who I am. I don't yeah. want to be anyone else. Can I better myself? Always. But am I content with who I am? Mm. Most definitely. <laughs> and Ooh, why not? Goosebumps again. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I've got a question for you, Illy. As a healthcare professional and as a midwife who has worked clinically, how would you say women can feel more confident in asking questions to help them make decisions without feeling like they're being confrontational? Because I do, when I teach, I I do have birthing people that are really worried about um, asserting themselves or asking questions or, um, you know, offending their caregivers by challenging them. And I think it is that very nuanced space of being able to confidently ask questions and assert ourselves without feeling like we are going to offend people. So from a kind of a clinical perspective, do you have any tips on on how that can be facilitated better? I think a lot of it is about um, saying, you know, where is what 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 is framing this belief? What's framing this question? Mm. You know, I watched a program that where this happened and I'm a bit worried about it. Can we discuss it? A friend of mine had a baby and had this experience and it's one, it's something I'm scared of. Can mm. we talk about it a bit further? You know, framing it as like less of an accusation and more of a question, like really yeah. like a genuine, I I, I, I just want to know, like I've got this, I've got this worry. Um, yeah. And that way it creates that partnership. It's like, help me please. Um, yeah. Because what we want to do as midwives is help you. We yeah. are defensive because sometimes, you know, there's, we can, we, we can be under attack sometimes and there's ego attached to a lot of jobs and, and things like that. But ultimately we want to work in a partnership with you. And so if you're saying, this is where my fear comes from, can you help me to understand it better? Um, mm-hmm. Or tell me how you would help me to overcome it or things like that, you know, opening up the conversation, um, yeah. I think is a really good way of doing that. Yeah, that's a, that's good advice. So it's it becomes more compassionate conversation then, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Less confrontational, yeah. More compassionate, and mm-hmm. that's what we we want. And I, I guess sometimes, you know, we we might have to play people. We might have to yeah. play the game a little bit. You know, yeah. you know that if you upset that midwife, well, it might not be great for you. So you play the game. You mm-hmm. go for like, oh which is God. a shame, isn't it? It is a shame, but one hundred percent is. But it's also a reality. It is. And, you know, this is not knocking midwives. This is just the situation that some people can find themselves in. Mm. And so it's like, right, well, actually, and I'm not talking about if someone's horrible to you or anything like that. That's not what I'm referring to. But I'm saying, you know, really kind of being like, right, I'm just going to try and approach this in a way that I know will will get me the answer that I want yeah. um, and leave me confident in that. So that would be my advice. Open up the conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think you'd find it it works quite well. Also, I think asking for um, evidence to support. Yeah. Um, I've always found that useful in the past, just saying, have you got anything that I can read that supports me to make this decision? Yeah, exactly. So as you know, each week we'll suggest a few ideas for you to take away. So they might be practical suggestions, questions to consider, or further resources, stuff you can do yourself in your own time if you'd like to you don't have to but if you'd like to um so the first one and one i always kind of teach when i'm teaching birth education is the brain acronym which illy mentioned earlier and it's a really good process to go through when you're trying to make informed decisions so what i always encourage is for you to go through the brain acronym so b is benefits what are the benefits of this option 
um, for me or for me and my baby or whatever it relates to. R is risks. So what are the risks for me and my baby of this option? A is alternative. So what are my other options? Because there will always be other options to anything you're needing to decide on. Uh, I is instinct. So what does my gut say? We talked about that in a previous episode. And N is nothing. So what happens if I just choose to wait or do nothing for the time being and sit on it for a while? And I find that a really useful decision making tool, especially when you're starting out and trying to have more autonomy over that process. I use like I use brain for like life. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like it's such I, a good one. Sometimes I'm just like balls. I've got a choice here. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let me it's just so use my useful brain. though. It so is, and just yeah. to like ground you for a minute, and you go, hold on, I don't have to make this. You know, let me yeah. just think it through quickly. Yeah. Um, but another one I think is just recognizing the fact that you are your own person. Yeah. You know you and your child your child isn't the same as anyone else's child there may be similarities but they are still not the same you might be the same as someone else in many areas but you are not the same your experiences haven't been the same and so when it comes to decision making your decisions are about you and your family for you and your family that's what actually matters when it comes to those decisions who's impacted by this choice how does it benefit my family Mm. and my child and me you know, mm. we can forget that sometimes we can get caught up and we can just be like, oh, OK, well, I'll just do what everyone else does. You know, when we look at <clears throat> protocols and guidance. It's, it's women are this this group of women or this tends to happen and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Or but this like, age of women. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But what about me? Yeah. You know, and it's like just remember guidelines are tools, not rules. Ooh, so you don't that. have to do anything. <laughs> that you don't want to okay I really like that yes like not don't overlook your uniqueness exactly exactly (laughs) yeah um and then I think you know considering where you are getting your research from who has funded this research what was this research designed to prove um and counterbalancing it always looking just making sure you're getting an equal um demographic of research and evidence and also balancing that out with your instinct i think we often feel like we either have to choose to do what the research says or follow our instinct you can balance those things out and make a decision that's informed with both of those influences um and i think that is is a really helpful thing to remember So how do you make decisions? We'd love to hear what works for you or what you've tried. Um, Get in touch on Instagram with me, Holly DeCruz, at the Yes Mum Mum. And me, Illy, at Mixing Up Motherhood. And please like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. So next week, we'll be discussing regret and remorse, which can have serious negative connotations and be loaded with guilt. We're really looking forward to delving into this one. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.